Hi, welcome to A Weekly Word, where we are taking a look at the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. Uh, and today we, we come to that main character, the lion, and talk about Aslan. I'm Pastor Eric Tritton. Thanks for joining me today. Now, to, to get at Aslan, I want to read a section of the book in order to start to give you the idea of what what this Aslan character is like. And this scene takes place in the beaver's home. Remember that the beavers have led the children to their dam and uh, um, they are uh, starting to share about who Aslan is. Um, we know that Edmund is already kind of trying to figure out how to betray his siblings. And, uh, and this word has gone out that Aslan is on the move. And uh, that's had a different effect on the, on the children. So l let me get into this here. They ask, who is Aslan? Aslan, said Mr. Beaver, why don't you know? He's the king. He's the lord of the whole wood, but not often here, you understand. Never in my time or my father's time. But the word has reached us that he has come back. He's in Narnia at this moment. He'll settle the white queen all right. It's he, not you, that will save Mr. Tumnus. And then Edmund asks if the white queen will be able to turn Aslan into stone. And Mr. Beaver replies, Lord love you, son of Adam. What a simple thing to say. Turn him into stone. If she can stand on her own two feet and look him in the face, it'll be the most she can do and more than I expect from her. No, no, he will put all things to right, as it says in an old rhyme in these parts. Wrong will be right when Aslan comes in sight. You will understand when you see him. And Susan asks if they will see him. And Mr. Beaver responds, Why, daughter of Eve, that's why I've brought you here. I'm to lead you to where you shall meet him. And Lucy asks, is, is he a man? Aslan a man? Mr. Beaver said sternly. Certainly not. I tell you, he's the king of the wood and the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. Don't you know who is the king of beasts? Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Oh, said Susan, I, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. And Mrs. Beaver replies, That you will, dearie, and no mistake. If there's anyone who can appear before Aslan without their knees knocking, they're either braver than most or else just silly. Then he isn't safe? asked Lucy. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Don't you hear what Mrs. Beaver tells you? Who, who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. So there's a wildness about Aslan, and I think that, that there's some important connections there as we talk about who Aslan represents in these books. Uh, so 
to get at who Aslan represents, um, we need to know that the word Aslan is a Turkish word that just means lion. And this lion figure is Lewis's Christ figure in the book. You know, he says that he is the king of beasts. He's the son of the great emperor beyond the sea. You know, and so, I mean, Jesus always talks about being sent from his father and coming to us. And that he is the son who, who comes to do his father's will among us. John is full of that kind of language. And then when we, we think about Jesus' crucifixion and the, the sign that was put above his head, it says, you know, Jesus of Nazareth, the king of the Jews. And when we get to the book of Revelation, we have this vision of Jesus, and he is called the King of kings and Lord of lords. So there's all kinds of imagery of Jesus being kingly. And in Revelation chapter 5, he's directly called the Lion of Judah. So, so he is this, this great king that, uh, that Lewis is describing here, that he's supposing uh, in, in Aslan. Now, when the children do meet Aslan, uh, he is, he's huge, he's very grave, he's, he's noble and powerful and confident and kind. He, he, also, he also has this incredible joy that he displays you know, throughout the time that he has with the children. And I, I think that this is something that's important for us because in James it says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights, you know, comes down to us. And when we think about Jesus, there is very much a sense that all things good exude from him to us, just the same way that that, that takes place in Narnia through Aslan for the, the, the people who uh, believe in him and who trust in him. Now, the beavers reveal some really important truths about Aslan that I think are important parallels in our relationship with Jesus. Uh, the first is that he is not a tame lion. Um, a lot of times when we think about God, it's like we try to put him in a box. We, we try to make him fit the way that we think that he should be. Uh, I sometimes hear people say, my God would never and then you can fill in the blank with whatever, um, even though uh, our God has said that he would do those things. Um, and, and this is part of the nature of God, that God being God, uh, his ways are higher than our ways, and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Uh, he doesn't always do the things that we think that he should do. Um, as the hymn says, our, our God moves in a mysterious way. Um, you know, and so there is a, a certain amount of faith that applies to how we follow after him, you know, not always understanding exactly what he is going to do. And in the small catechism, this is that part where we talk about the attributes of God. And, and maybe you remember those omni words that you learned once, like omnipotent and omniscient and omnipresent and these, these words that talk about God's incredible power and wisdom and knowledge and, and, and that he's in all places at all times. There is a wildness about God that we cannot contain. He, he is his own self 
and we don't get to tell him who he is or, or how he should be. In fact, he tells us who he is. And our job is then to confess what he says about himself. Uh, I think it's also important to grab on to the way that uh, the beavers talk about Aslan in relationship to the White Queen, um, that Aslan is so much greater than the White Queen. Because sometimes there's this, this impression that, that Jesus and the devil are like equals and they're, they're duking it out. In fact, I've, I've seen pictures on the internet where uh, it's Jesus and the devil and their arm wrestling to see who, who's going to win. But there's not really a duality. There's, there's no parity between Jesus and the devil. You know, there's no, no chance that the devil matches up to God in any way. God is far beyond the powers of evil uh, this, in this world. Uh, in fact, there is a sense that the powers of evil serve God's plan in this world. As they try to undermine him, he ends up using these things uh, to his glory uh, and for the benefit of, of his people. And then one other thing to grab onto here is this question about Aslan being safe. And a lot of times we want God to be safe, not necessarily trusting that he is good. And this is a, this is a really important lesson about God. No, following Jesus is not safe. And this goes very much against uh, our, our culture. And uh, in, in this time and, and day, it's almost like we worship safety. And Jesus isn't safe. He says, take up your cross and follow me. You know, crosses, crosses are for dying. When we consider what happened to all of the uh, apostles, save John, they were all martyred. You know, Jesus calls us to follow him even unto death. Again, from, from Revelation, be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. You know, I hear that verse and I'm thinking about a day when uh, I, I'm old and I have more white hair than I have now. And uh, hopefully I, I lay down my head on the pillow and I just wake up in heaven. Um, but that wasn't the case in the early church. And it's not a safe assumption for us either. You know, we, we follow Jesus, even, even if it's dangerous, even if he calls us to die for his sake. And the Psalms, they often wrestle with this, this image of, of God and his, his hidden will and his goodness. And, and it's, it's difficult sometimes. Throughout the Chronicles of Narnia, Aslan is, is, is the Lord. It's very clear. The kings and the queens, they serve at his pleasure. He brings saviors into this world like God does in the, the book of Judges. And, and he stands as the judge. And here's, here's the most important part about Aslan being like Jesus. He's the one who ultimately delivers mercy and grace. 
And we're going to get into that. And we're going to tell that story of how Aslan will ultimately save not just Mr. Tumnus, uh, but Edmund too. Thanks for being with me. I hope this was a blessing to you. And uh, if it was, like, share, uh, all those great things. And um, God's blessings. Mm-hmm.